0: The hosts of the shows at technology.fm get together and have a little bit of a fireside chat. The fire isn't real, but the chat is. And we enjoy touching base with each other and with you, giving you our thoughts on what were the big stories, what are the exciting products, what are our thoughts for the future. And so we did the same this year. Without Mike, unfortunately, he had other obligations, but Adam and I had the opportunity to connect with Jason and Seth from the Home Tech Podcast, and I think you're going to enjoy this discussion. This has been a rough year on so many people, and along the way, we've had a hard time keeping with a schedule. Adam and I are committed to continuing this show, bringing the news and thoughts that we believe are interesting and important in this space into the new year. In the meantime, we wish everybody a safe, healthy, and happy holiday
1: welcome everybody to the sixth annual technology.fm fireside chat like to welcome uh my co-host on the Smart Home Show, Richard Gunther. How are you doing? And joining us from the Home Tech Podcast, uh, we have Seth and Jason. How you guys doing? Hey, guys. Welcome, guys. Good to see you
2: again. You as well. Throw another log on the fire. In Let's the dumpster, dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> the dump- yeah, there you go.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Throw another flaming trash bag into the yeah. dumpster fire of 2020. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Indeed. Indeed. It's been crazy.
3: It's been a wild year. I I, I remember we started this off like pretty optimistic. Uh, I was listening back to our thing last year, right? Uh, today, just to kind of like get a feel for where we were we were in our heads. And Richard, you were like talking about being at CES, like doing your podcast from the floor C S CES. And like, I'm just driving down the road going, oh my God, did he? I mean, like, we didn't even know what was going on back then. Uh, right, and and you were there though. Like you, you went to CES. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I was absolutely there. In fact, Adam and I got to record
1: live on the floor one day as well. So the only time we've ever recorded a show live
2: together. True. Seems like a seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah, I had similar experiences. I was kind of thumbing through our episodes for the year and just remembering, kind of going back. And um, it's it's been quite the journey, for sure. It it definitely. Um, Hard to believe that it, that it's been a full year and that you guys were at CES like at just at the time so normal, but now it just it just seems crazy. Yes, so uh,
1: you know I know we're gonna post this show on all of our feeds. So if anybody's new to any of us, why don't we go around quickly and just introduce yourself and your show? We'll start with Jason.
2: Yeah, uh, happy to do that. So Jason Griffin, as you alluded to, uh, Seth and I are co-hosts of the Home Tech podcast, which can be found at hometech.fm and on all major podcast directories. Uh, I won't speak too much for Seth. I'll let him introduce himself. I come from a professional home technology background. um, So a lot of the angles that I tend to look at the uh, smart home through tend to come more from that business perspective of working in the industry for about uh, 15 years. So we really enjoy doing the show and we're excited to be here for this uh, for this special.
3: Yep, uh, I'll echo what Jason says about being excited to be here. And uh, my name is Seth Johnson, um, the other half of the Home Tech podcast. Uh, and I kind of have a similar background to Jason, uh, pretty, pretty similar background to Jason. We've been, we've been in the industry just about the same length of time, although um, I think we had like different journeys through the, the whole process. And uh, we, we've both moved on kind of not really like outside of the industry, but more into like the vendor side of the industry. And I, I do uh, programming stuff. Most of the time, most of the day, most of the
1: day, yeah. Programming stuff for uh, home automation gear and websites. Yay! <laughs> I can vo- I can vouch for that because Seth and I have actually done some work together this year. So yeah, we did. Yeah, good good stuff. Uh, I'm Adam Justice. I am half of the Smart Home Show, uh, which I host with Richard, and uh, I run a. Smart Home Company, uh, the brand is ConnectSense, and we have kind of both consumer and uh, now some pro-level uh, products as well.
3: And I can vouch for those pro-level products. They are
1: awesome. <laughs> Especially their, their drivers. Yes. Well,
3: I mean, they're good without the
0: drivers, but
1: they're, yeah. they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Richard? All right. Yeah. And
0: I am Richard Gunther. I am Adam's co-host on the Smart Home Show, the show that we took over from our friend, Michael Wolf, the creator of technology.fm and um, the creator of the smart home show. Unfortunately, he can't join us right now because he's at another virtual event at the moment. But I also co-host, sorry, I also host home on, which is a show about smart home products for the DIY space specifically. And my background is in the product management and project management side of things, looking at products from a consumer perspective
1: and bringing uh, a user experience background to that. Awesome. So we have a a couple different categories we're going to talk about here. And uh, we're going to try to not be too long-winded in each of these, but uh, we'll do our best. Uh, So the first one we're going to talk about is really what each of us felt was the biggest smart home story of the year. So, Seth, you want to kick us off? Mm,
3: well, I mean, ignoring the entire global pandemic and how it screwed up supply chains and everything, uh, <laughs> the biggest smart home story of the year, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to go with maybe the HomePod, right? So, like, the HomePod, we thought it was dead. Uh, turns out it's alive. It got a firmware update. And it got a new look like uh, there's a Home Pond Mini. So um, th- that was that was really cool. I I mean, not the biggest of the year, but it's like one of the things that
1: happened that was kind of unexpected. Like physically, not the biggest.
3: Physically, yeah. Physically,
1: it's the miniest. <laughs> It's It's really, really tiny.
2: Well, it was certainly big on our show because Seth predicted it and I didn't. And so Seth finally won a bet with me.
3: That's right, right. That doesn't the normally The money, happen. the check's in the mail, Jason. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting to see that. But Seth, I know you didn't have great uh, great reviews on it, but still, you think it's, it's, it's one of the bigger stories just in the overall, uh, I guess, story arc of, of Apple and their investment and interest in, in the space?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I've started to use it more of where it is intended. Like the big home pods are out here in the garage with me all day. Um, I've got them, you know, they can play music in the garage and, 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 and when I'm working, I, I can hook up, I have them hooked up to the little TV or big TV behind me. Um, and then, uh, I've got the little one, I kind of stuck on a nightstand and, uh, you know, I can say, you know, turn on the light, turn off the light, you know, kind of use it for those limited capabilities, set an alarm works fine for that. Um, but the big ones, I still enjoy using the big ones more than the little one. And I, I, the little one sounds awful. So yeah, right. that's,
1: Yeah. I, we 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 talked about this product also. We won't get into it too much, but I, I still feel like there's a lot of uh, untapped promise to this, and uh, a lot of things that could still come from, uh, especially that ultra wideband radio. Um, but it had a interesting uh, feature also, which I think transitions nicely into Richard's next thing. What was your biggest thing for the year? Yeah, my biggest story of the year
0: is that we're seeing more and more products, particularly at the end of this year, starting to release with Thread on board. And this is important because we know that Thread is a key component of CHIP, the connected home over IP project. Now, we don't necessarily know that every one of these products with Thread on board will in some way be chip compatible or chip certified, but it's an interesting coincidence when seemingly nothing had been happening with Thread outside of Google. So I'm excited by this. I think this has a lot of potential for the industry as we see some movements toward standardizing across what have historically been incompatible ecosystems.
1: Yeah, I still have some Nanoleaf Leaf uh, thread stuff here to play around, uh, but I, I have maybe that'll be a uh, over the holidays project for me.
0: And the tie in there, of course, is that the HomePod Mini is one of the devices that has a thread radio in it, and we still don't know why, but
1: it's cool that it does, just because. Well, it's functioning. You can, you can use it with thread products as a border router. I believe it's, it, it functions as, so you can go HomePod mini to like those Nanoleafs and, um, get that done. So
3: yeah, that was one of the features that was not even, wasn't even announced on stage, anything like that. It, it was a footnote that somebody found, uh, literally a footnote in the, in the specs that somebody found later on, uh, which was cool. It's, it's nice to have something thrown in there that no one really knew about, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm playing the wait and see game on, on thread slash chip slash, like, as I did last year. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hold off, judgment until we, we actually see this stuff shipping.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. You'll hold out hope for Siri in a can, generation after generation, year after year, and then pan it when it does come out. But. <laughs> You're trepidatious about Thread. Richard, I'm invested now. It's (laughs) sunk cost policy here. (laughs) That's right.
1: All right. uh, Jason, what was your biggest smart home story of the year?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, listeners to the special last year, this might sound a little repetitive, but I got to go with streaming again. This was... Streaming, to me, and the just the TV viewing landscape in general has been one of the most interesting trends to watch in home technology, in my opinion, over the last several years. And I think with, with COVID this year, it, it really accelerated that, specifically around the uh, release strategy of big studios. So we're seeing more and more studios now go to kind of the, the day-and-date release strategy, you know, having what would have been shows or, or movies that would have come out in the theater exclusively – for a period of time are now coming faster. And even in some cases instantly uh, to to TV. So NBC universal uh, Uni- uh, universal Warner brothers, you know, both of them had big, uh, had big stories around that this year. Um, one of the other interesting trends that I saw on streaming this year was price hikes. So it looks like a lot of the companies that were starting out with the really low prices to kind of maybe get people into the door are now having to correct and, and get prices to a more sustainable level. So YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, all had had price increases this year, and then finally, I, I think just seeing um, HBO Max finally get out there. You have NBC's Peacock, um, Disney Plus is only barely a year old now. They came out in November of last year, so really just an incredibly dynamic space that continues to to fascinate me personally in the home.
3: Yeah, w- one thing that um that I've I've noticed, well, a couple words, The one word that you really said over over uh, over a few times was trends. Um, and the, and I didn't coin this term. I heard it. I I have the the gift of remembering things that I heard, but not remembering who said it because I can't remember names at all. Um, but one thing I've heard was that COVID accelerated accelerated trends that were already happening. Right. So if you if you think of COVID in that in that manner, um, you know the the and look at streaming. Streaming was already happening. <laughs> it was already going on. It was it was it was a getting to be a pretty mature industry, I think, and along comes COVID everybody's home and it's all of a sudden like the pedal gets slammed down to the floor and literally less than a month after, you know, we all went on lockdown NBC universal is announcing, you know, same uh, that, the, that that their big movies were going to go direct to streaming and they weren't even going to bother with theaters anymore. So like these trends were already happening now, just think of COVID as they accelerated all these trends that were already happening. And we'll probably get into more of those trends later in our conversations here
1: guys remember when when being a cord cutter was going to save you money
0: it's
1: (laughs) it's really funny
3: 65 dollars for what uh google tv or youtube tv now
1: oh yeah the 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 paying for basically cable tv while streaming is a joke now that's that's the one that you know really gets you know is way through the roof but Even just paying for all these individual services. I mean, we have almost all of them. And I'm sure if I added it up, it it equals what my cable bill used to be or or more. But it's also like the best time to be a premium TV watcher. Like we have so much good content. And uh, unfortunately, I think there's probably going to be a little blip in that. Uh, Most stuff is back in production now, but uh, we're probably going to have some chunk of 2021 that will be without certain things um but you know for the most part we're we're living in a renaissance era of just great content so absolutely i'm happy yeah
3: i, I can't complain i've i've loved the 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 quantity the quality not so much the quantity like there's more than i can watch but the quality of tv shows has been just absolutely stunning and amazing. And I, I think last time we spoke, we, we, I hadn't watched Mandalorian. Like I was, I was probably a holdout on it. And we finally fired that thing up. And holy cow, that thing is amazing. Like it's so good. It's, it's not only like a good Western, like it's a Western to me. Um, but some of the shots in there, uh, there was one on the other night that I was, when I was watching it and there's a, like a fight scene where they're lining up. And I, I just, I almost threw my remote across the room. Like the, the imagery. <laughs> is stunning. I mean, it is better quality than what you're going to see in most movies. And I just blown away by just like what they're doing with TV shows these days. And Disney of course is doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on this now. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun.
0: Yep.
1: Absolutely. How about you, Adam? Yeah. What was your biggest story? I, I would say kind of going into this, but my biggest story was, you know, with everything going on with the pandemic, and this, you know, really resonated for me in terms of what we did as a family, like having a year where we we're mostly hanging out at home, Um, I think kind of realized the investment or like the value in, in investing and improving your home. So, you know, a non smart home example is like we bought new couches like we were going to wait or whatever. It was like this, you know, wait till the kids are old enough that they won't destroy couches. And it was like, no we're not going to wait anymore. Like we're going to get new couches. Um, But the other thing we've seen uh, a colleague of mine and I recently went through and interviewed a ton of our in wall outlet customers. And what we actually found was a bunch of people our, Our in wall outlet sales started kind of ramping up in April. And so, you know, as more people were home, more people had time to take on home improvement projects do things they wouldn't normally be doing. And I think also kind of the same thing. They saw the value in spending more time at home. And so they wanted to make, improve their home and, and add to it. So I think home automation is a piece of that. And, um, certainly I've done it and I've done probably more than I would have done in a normal year. Um, because we're here because I had the time and because we're always here. I also wanted it to be the best experience possible.
2: Yeah. So Adam, I think you've motivated me to pull the trigger on a new couch. We've been waiting for <laughs> uh, for a long time and, and I hear you. Um, so just throw caution to the wind there. And if the kids destroy it, you know, so be it. But um, on on a more serious note, like at, I know at one vision, when this first thing hit, like everyone, really we were scrambling to try to figure out what it all meant. And we were br- kind of bracing for the worst from a business perspective and generally, uh, this has been a, a great year for us and, uh, you know, it, it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyways, like, of course we would never wish, uh, for this sort of, uh, thing to happen, but feel very grateful to be in the smart home industry because by and large, um, it is an industry that's weathered this storm really well. And, and, uh, I don't have any hard data on this, but anecdotally for us, uh, if anything for us and our partner network, um, it's been a busier year, uh, than, than ever, Um, So, you know, we do have that to be thankful for. Similar similar experience to to what you're seeing, I think.
0: Well, and you talk about home improvement. I mean, I want to rebuild our shower in our ensuite and uh, good luck finding a contractor. I mean, they're just, (laughs)
1: they're swamped right now. Yep, yep. On uh, To touch on Jason's for a minute, all these day and date uh, releases for streaming services make me want to finally, uh, I have a long-term goal to build a kick-ass home theater in my basement. Nice. And uh, this, these day and date releases make me want to do that sooner, but I want to wait until I can do it really, really good. And I, Definitely all you guys are going to, we could probably start a, a podcast or a YouTube show just focused on uh, helping Adam pick all his gear.
3: <laughs> Adam Cedar. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like That's it. a good idea.
1: All right. Let's do it. Yeah.
3: Don't do what I did with home improvement and decide to go outside and work in the yard, moving rocks and uh, working on sprinkler systems. Just hire somebody for that. I, I mean, Richard, just if you're waiting on the contractor, just let them just wait. Uh, because uh, yep. I started in March digging up things in my yard and I'm still not, I
0: know what I'm not capable of. (laughs) I'm (laughs) not happening. (laughs) I am
1: waiting. (sighs) Shovels. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to our next category here. So our next category is our favorite one product or service of the year. Um, I'll take this one first and uh, try to be brief. And the one thing I will say is uh, having Richard as a co-host is very expensive and as a friend uh, because Richard (laughs) is really good at recommending products to me. And this was one that I actually like raised a question to him on the show. Um, We have an office that my wife works out of her home office and I have um, BR 30 uh, floods uh, that are Hue in there. And so I wanted a light switch, particularly that would not control the power, but would still control the Hue lights. And, and Richard had recommended the Oro switch to me. And I will say this product is not yet where I would like it to be. Um, it has a lot of promise, but this is the light switch slash wall controller that I would build if I were building this product. It, I think it realizes a lot of what I would want or I would design if I had gone into that light sp- switch space. Um, it's basically a a touch screen in your in your wall, and uh, it doesn't have. You can do different things with it. One of which is not control the load. So, it, when I set it up, I said, you know, these are. These are, you know, hue bulbs. Don't leave them always powered on. And this is how I want you to control them. Um, I want to do some other things with this. Like I want to be able to set presets that include color and color temperature and things. And you can't quite do that yet. There's probably some ways to do it. They've released some features. But overall, I think it's a really cool product. And when it so it's kind of in the experimental phase in the office. And when they add some more of the features and things they've promised, including HomeKit, they say is coming. I'm not really sure how that's going to be possible given their feature set, but they say it's coming. Then I will go wider with this product elsewhere in the house.
0: Yeah, this is a product that I I love. I refer to this as noon or brilliant done right. (laughs) They didn't try to reinvent the form factor of a switch. In fact, it's a rocker. It's a screen on a rocker. Oh, wow. So it still behaves like a normal dimmer switch. It just also has all of these sensors built into it and the ability to control smart bulbs or standard bulbs. It can be in a three-way circuit. They like they really thought through this. You can also have scenes on it. You can have it be a scene controller. It can be an intercom. It can show you who's at the door. If you have certain doorbells, it's a really slick system. Adam, I'm going
3: to have to agree with you. Richard is a very expensive <laughs> friend. <laughs> this is ridiculous.
1: I apologize for the impact to your wallet.
2: Well, it beats, it beats hooking the Hue up to like... Uh, you know, a, a light and then putting like the duct tape over the light switch. So no one ever turns it off. Right. That's the proverbial uh, the proverbial thing you see. So, yeah, I love the form factor there and the idea of like merging those two, like a in-wall smart switch that is smart enough to communicate with the device and not, you know, kill power. All right, Jason, how about you? What's your favorite product of the year? Yeah. So I, I I have to admit, I read this question a little bit differently. So I didn't necessarily pick like my personal favorite product, but I did pick my personal favorite story of the year. And without question, my favorite story of the year, uh, just because it, it was so like, it just had my head spinning like week after week was, was wise. Uh, and they like just the, the strategy of, of that, like, I, I just can't wrap my head around the pace at which they are putting out products and and the price at which they're doing it they've got now you know that of course they had their cameras that they started with they've got a video doorbell uh that i think was like what was that twenty dollars or something i mean just insanely cheap fifty dollars uh they've got the robot vacuum a security system that they're like literally giving away if you pay them like five dollars a month uh they've got a sprinkler controller a smart watch um so there's product after product and I got to tell you, I would not want to be competing in any category that Wise entered. I have my doubts and my questions about the long-term viability of this strategy. I'm still scratching my head trying to figure out you know, what it is that they're up to there. The whole thing feels really weird to me, uh, but it's been an entertaining story. And so that was the one that I picked. Richard, do you have some thoughts here? Um, yeah, I mean, my...
0: This is one where I worry about the damage that they can do to the industry right now. Their products aren't particularly compatible with other products in the market or even other ecosystems. And so they look like the best known brand out there, but I'm, and now everybody's trying to figure out how do you compete with that? Do we try to compete with it? Should you know, it, do we need to offer another line of products that can compete with it? I I don't know. I don't know. The products seem solid. They don't feel cheap. They uh, seem reliable. I've only dabbled with these a little bit. I don't use them in my home, so I don't know. It it is interesting. It's absolutely
1: very interesting. I have thoughts, but I'm going to save it for a later section of okay. the show. Okay. <laughs> So more
2: <laughs> a little preview of coming attractions there
3: <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely been entertaining to to watch that watch uh, especially like the last couple of weeks i mean we i think we've had a wise story on every single week, yeah, uh talking about what the, what they've been up to um yeah i I don't know it, it, it it's something to keep in mind that like they did a survey this year, and only like sixty five percent of u s homes have any or sixty five percent of u s homes do not have any type of Smart home device, like so, we're 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 kind of like in a, in a in a little bubble, you know, living living here and talking about home technology. Like everybody's everybody's got an Alexa in their house. Everybody's got a you know a, th- a smart thermostat. No, it's it's still, I mean, we're still re- running up that curve uh, before we we get into like mainstream adoption. So product like this is bound to come out, and I think I think like the silver lining of this is that if and when it does break, you're not out. Three to $500 on something, you can just, um, you know, cut your losses pretty quickly. Unlike someone, yeah, this, someone who has way too many home
1: pods in his house right now <laughs>
3: that, that can't cut their losses and gets
1: made fun of every year. All right, we're going to move on. So, Richard, what was your favorite product or service of the year? Yeah, my favorite. Favorite
0: product of the year. And I took this very literally. I decided on to select something that was new this year and that was also new to me personally. Like I have have it. I'm using it. And in that category is the You by Moen Smart Kitchen Faucet. I saw this at CES. They delivered on time they delivered in a variety of different finishes and styles which kind of blew the competition away right out of the gate they had capabilities that others didn't like the ability to intelligently control temperature and the thing that did it for me like okay it's a smart faucet you can have it pour specific amounts of water or you can have it fill containers or you can turn it on or whatever but The thing that really did it for me was that the installation process was dead simple. I assumed I was going to have to bring a plumber in. And this didn't arrive until we were locked down. And I just figured, okay, I'm going to have to set it aside. And I did. I looked on their website, and they had some videos that seemed deceptively simple. And I decided, you know what? I'll try it. So I did, and... It was an afternoon's worth of work. It was harder to get the old faucet out than to install this faucet. So I'm very happy with it. Uh, My partner, Edward, has slightly different feelings about it. Largely, (laughs) Largely, that's because I've set it the way that I want it, which is different than the way that a faucet would normally work. I've set it so that when you wave your hand over it, it always gives you lukewarm water regardless of what the handle position is in. I've set it to time out after a minute so that we don't accidentally keep the water running forever. So there there are some things that you can do with this product that make it, I think, a really good product and, and water-saving device that may not be preferred by everybody in your household. Yeah, it's
3: like the reinvented light switch here all over again. Like, the light switch doesn't turn off the lights. You can't use the light switch to turn off the lights, but, but this actually seems like a cool product. I, I heard your interview on your show uh, that you did and uh, thought over my head. And um, yeah, this, this is going to be one of those things also that Richard cost me money on uh, eventually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just hear the
1: tab running here. Yeah. I have, I have one of these as well. I'll uh, I'll second Richard's comments about easy to install. I am not super handy. I definitely have my limits, and normally kitchen plumbing would not be one of them, but uh, I was able to get it done, especially with the confidence of Richard telling me you can do this. Um, I'm not super sold on the smart features of this yet, uh, and I actually texted Richard when I saw this in our notes, like, you're going to have to help me love this because I'm not there yet. But I will say I agree with um, some of the stuff like the automatic, uh, you know, what you set the temperature to, um, and things like that. I've always said, you know, a great smart product has to be a great product when you're not using the smart features. And I think this one checks the box for that. I'm not sold on the, you know, asking the lady in the can for a quarter cup of water and any of that kind of stuff.
0: Absolutely. No. And that's fluff. At this point, right? And that's only as good as your assistant is at recognizing what you're saying. And mine, frankly, is terrible at that. So I don't use that as much.
2: I could see that one being kind of useful for me. Like, I, uh, we have a, a French press and I drink tea. And so I'm always like filling up the teapot and I'm kind of doing the one, one thousand, two, one thousand. Like, I know roughly, you know, how long to count, but I'm always, you know, overshooting and putting too much water in there because I don't want to do too little. Anyways, not a big thing, but could probably save some water. And, and I, I like the sound of, of being able to control the temperature. So this sounds like a neat product. I'll have to, I'll have to check that one out.
1: Yeah, you can have a. T- a preset for your teapot for example and, and train it exactly what that needs to go in there so it's yeah that, cool. that seems like that one would be useful for me i like that richard costing everybody money everyone yep. <laughs> and, and man uh lord help our listeners Let's get your yeah, wallets no out. kidding. <laughs> i hope you get lots of gift cards for uh for, <laughs> that's right for the holidays that's right tis the season seth how about you uh what was your favorite product or service of the year
3: I can't believe no one picked uh, Staples Connect.
0: Why didn't... Come
3: on. Come on.
1: It's back,
0: baby. All right. (laughs) No. Talk about terrible branding. I cannot believe that they did that. (laughs) Let's overload this brand. Yep, yep, yep.
3: (laughs) Uh, You know, I I wrote down here Quibi as a joke because Quibi was like a moonshot that came and went literally within the year, but... Uh, I'm just going to like broadly paint this, you know, my favorite new product or service is broadly like streaming services. I think we've hit on this a couple of times. It's like, it's been a godsend to have (laughs) great content delivered anytime on demand when I needed to in this age where like my schedule is, has been. I haven't had a schedule. I, I just I live each day as it comes to me. And uh, you know, if my daughter's sick, I'm stay. You know, she's staying home, and I, I get to stay home and, and play dad. And uh, you know, it, it, it's it, the first couple of months of quarantine were absolutely insane. And that's when I was outside just digging random holes in my my yard. But I, uh, you know, streaming services were there, and they had great content on them. So I, I'm really happy with like all the great shows uh, that that have come on uh, streaming services. Quibi, Quibi didn't have anything. I was interested in, but, um, you know, Apple TV, everything else, Amazon, Netflix, yeah. all the great stuff.
2: It, it, it really is. And Adam alluded to this before, you know, the price thing, it, it can easily get as expensive or more expensive than it used to be, it, you know, before you cut the cord, if you, if you, if you go that route. But I will say that the, the amount of choice that you have now, and, and you also hear, you know, sometimes people grumbling about, oh, well, there's so many different apps and every, you know, the content is all over the place and I have to figure out how to navigate it and which ones I want. And I, I get that. It's kind of the paradox of choice thing. Like it can be a little bit of a headache, but just the amount of choice that we have now, it, it's a go- golden age for really, really good TV. And, the, and when the hardest thing is uh, picking a great show to watch out of, you know, dozens or hundreds of options, uh, it's hard to complain about that. So it's a first world problems, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And Seth, you know, I I know this is your pick. I swear. Ted Lasso. I've watched through it twice. Yeah. And I feel like it helped me get through some of the worst parts of this year. Yep. Because it just makes you feel so good.
3: It it was I've said this to a couple of people. It's like the antidote for 2020. Like yeah,
2: if 2020 is yeah. a sickness,
3: <laughs> take some Ted Lasso and call me in the morning.
2: <laughs> I, I've heard a lot of really good things, and I haven't watched it. So you guys might have just t- talked me into it. It's your it's your holiday uh, homework. There you go. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's well well worth it. Uh, don't watch it in front of the kids, even though it's on the uh, the network that was supposedly supposed to be uh, or Apple TV, which is supposed to be like edited and and family friendly content. Kind of, there's there's definitely words words in there and things
0: so oh yeah
1: noted i i've sold a few apple tv subscriptions after that show came out yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think we're gonna quickly go through our predictions for last year so every year we do we do some predictions but uh Let's touch on quickly how we did last year and, and what our predictions were. So, Jason, you want to kick us off there?
2: Yeah, let me jump into this one. Let's see. So, you know, last year, my predictions were kind of how, uh, I guess, we sort of phrased this a little bit differently last year. It was like, what what are the things that were really looking forward to. What are some of the biggest trends that we think are going to be the most important? Um for me it was how will companies sort of improve the user experience, privacy, interoperability, service and support were three of the big things that I had on there. You know, I think privacy uh, like most things is an incremental uh deal and we have seen some movement in the right direction, a lot more awareness certainly, a lot more stories about uh privacy uh, over the last couple of years than we saw before. Um, Ring and Nest both made some improvements in that regard. So I, I think things are are definitely moving in the right direction. But I also think, you know, privacy is just going to be an ongoing concern forever and, and always in in the smart home. And it'll be kind of one of those cat and mouse games, I, I think, sort of ebbs and flows. Um, on the interoperability side, I don't feel like we saw a lot of progress. I was looking forward to seeing what CHIP, the Connected Home over IP initiative might do. We haven't heard a lot uh, from them, but, you know, we have seen... Some companies playing nice. I think just a couple of weeks ago, SmartThings and Google Nest integration was announced. Um, so there, there's been some progress there. And then, you know, on the service and support side, I, I think that I, I go to the professional side on this one, first and foremost in my head. And, and SnapAV's continued investment in their oversee platform and remote monitoring and management in the professional space it continues to be a really exciting Trend Again, slow and steady, like we, we didn't see anything remarkable there, but we're seeing big companies continue to invest. In, and I think integrators, uh, by and large, certainly the ones that we work with, continue to believe that that service and support strategy is is a pillar of, of any successful company in the smart home, especially as the space continues to get more and more crowded. Um, so, you know, I think overall, those trends were, were, were fairly on point. Uh, COVID, of course, kind of threw a uh, shade over everything. And became the dominant trend of uh, really dictating all of that. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of my assessment of, of of my predictions, as it were.
1: Seth, how about you? How what was your prediction last year, and did it come true?
3: My prediction was uh, about again about streaming services. I kind of stole from Jason last year that they would that streaming services would kind of mature and come to more come to market, and that we'd see nice uh, user experiences and UIs. And that hasn't happened at all. Like. Um, I I still have my Hulu app deleted. That has not made it back onto the Apple TV, um, and the the other the other apps haven't really updated themselves. I think everything's kind of been on pause up until I would say the Disney Plus announcement <laughs> from the other day, where Disney just like spent three and a half hours uh, talking about the massive amounts of streaming content they're going to be like uh, directing and, and and making over the next couple of years. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, maybe, you know, seven out of 10 on, on, on my predictions or so,
0: like, I, I think this is a lot higher than you're giving yourself credit for. I think the streaming services have progressed quite a lot. Each of the companies has made some improvements in their user experience and their user interface. Um, I would argue that probably, the new Google TV experience is among the best. I think it's fantastic. They did an amazing job of the Google TV experience that they put on the Chromecast devices. And, you know, you say that it's been kind of sleepy. I don't think it's been sleepy in terms of content. I think there's a ton of stuff happening with, you know, Apple has talked about a ton of deals and shows that are in production. COVID has impacted that, obviously, but there's... There's just a ton going on.
3: And that's, that's kind of what I mean is like, I, the deals have all been talked about, but like everybody's been, for the most part, for the past six months on the sidelines, right? Like there's, there's not really many shows that have been under production that are being produced. Like we're not going to see the fruits of what was announced at the Disney Plus announcement for, for a little while now. Right. Um, until, until that industry gets its feet back under itself. But um, it is coming, and that is very exciting.
1: How about you, Adam. So my prediction was around kind of seeing where the ecosystems move forward. And uh, I feel like somebody touched on this a little bit, but, um, you know, I don't feel like a lot happened here. You know, I expected a lot more out of uh, chip and connected home over IP this year. And it really doesn't feel like it's going to come into fruition until next year. Um, And you mentioned earlier HomePod Mini, including Thread, it feels like people are starting to lay some groundwork here, or uh, trying to make their devices future-proof. Um, so I'm still very interested to see uh, where this comes. But you know, I think this was a chip was like just super newly announced when we recorded this last year, so we were all hyped on it. But uh, silly us to expect it to move
2: uh, quickly.
0: Well. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing that can't move quickly, right? They have to do this right.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. And at risk of sounding like a broken record, I'll go back to the COVID thing. And I would imagine that this kind of initiative was really impacted by that. Like, even if they had plans to move fast, I would have to imagine that when you get a consortium of big companies like this all trying to work together to sort of formulate actual progress out of you know kind of this nebulous idea of like how do we work better together the inability of those companies to get groups of people together in a room right. physically yes. to work together and and start to hash that out uh sure you can get on zoom calls but we all know it's not it's not quite the same like it's yep. it's close but when you're working on those more complex or uh ill-defined challenges like there is no substitute for having people physically in a room together and i think we've all experienced that this year so I'm sure that was a factor as well. I can only imagine what those Zoom calls are like. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you just get like that—that effect of like you only one person can talk at a time, so you don't get the little side conversations that can kind of lead to some insights. And yeah, it's just—it's just not the same. Along these
0: lines, like I am most disappointed of anyone in Google, they appear to have made close to no. Progress, recovering the capabilities that they took away from customers over a year and a half ago. Well, they've canceled product too. And they've canceled product, right? Like like they literally canceled a product that is on my recommendations for the holidays show coming out at the end of this week. Like I, I mean, it's yeah, who can keep up with it?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. And and I know um, you know uh, we talked about it on the show, uh, nest killing off the works with nest, um, smart things did some big changes to their API integration. So I, I think, you know, smart things seems to be moving along with that, but I, I would agree with you. Yeah. You know, we haven't heard much, uh, from Google in terms of kind of writing, writing the ship there and getting people back, uh, to where they were before.
1: All right, Richard, how about you? What was your prediction for last year and how'd it go?
0: Yeah, I was, um, I was really excited about new stuff from Instion that they have been talking about for quite a while and they didn't deliver. This year we saw finally the new update from Instion for the Instion app. It's, it's a nice update to the app experience that works consistently across the Android and iOS platforms, but We didn't see new product yet. And even this app is still kind of in its infancy. It doesn't yet support tablets natively. There's a lot that they kind of took away in rolling out a new product that ultimately kind of succeeds what they had in place before. So I am still looking forward to new stuff from them, but they have definitely been way, way slower on the field than I would have hoped they'd be. And this is the point where I put in my standard disclaimer that I have a complicated relationship with Instian, including <laughs> occasionally working with them as a consultant.
3: You, you know, there's, there's a company called, um,
1: wise. I'd like to introduce you to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so then our last and kind of most important and, uh, fireside chat topic is uh, predictions for the rest of the year. So uh, I know you just talked about your last one, but uh, Richard, why don't you kick us off? Uh, What do you think 2021 is going to bring in in the smart home space?
0: Yeah. So I, I am, I'm sorry to stay on kind of a down note, but my, my prediction is dire. My prediction is the long overdue shuttering of Wink. I do not believe that Wink will survive 2021. And I don't necessarily think that's because COVID. I think it's because it's a consistently poorly run company that hasn't really done much of anything other than ask their customers for more money.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, they were the ones that this year, like, hurry, you know, we need, you know, passed around the, you know, the pan for, for money to keep it alive. And <laughs> it was kind of a fumble out the gate. Yeah. Well,
3: they, they like gave people two weeks notice <laughs> and said, um that thing that's yeah. sitting on your desk that controlled your house, uh, that's not free anymore. It's going to cost you monthly or yearly. I forget what they did. And uh, I, yeah. See my statement yeah, about yeah. poorly run. They, they They actually got enough pushback that they walked that back a little bit. But eventually, they did start charging people for the their integrations uh, with something that's been sitting on their desk. Free. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I this is kind of one of those companies that's just like, why aren't they out of business now? I mean, last time we <laughs> talked, last time we sat down and talked about this company, they had like there had been like the lights are on but no one's home situation. Like the the phone lines had been disconnected. The tech support hadn't picked up the phone, answered any questions at all in in weeks or months. And here we are at the end of another year. I don't know, Richard, these, these guys might be like cockroaches. Like, like, I, I, don't, I don't mean that like in a degrading way. I'm just like, after the nuclear fallout, they, they will, they will still survive. Still they may be survive. Here. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. They, they do feel like that company. I I agree with Seth where it's like, I forget about them, right? Like I forget that wink even exists. And then every now and then a story pops up about them, uh, passing around the collection plate, like Adam said, or, uh, you know, w- whatever it is. And it's like, oh, yeah, I kind of kind of forgot about them. So I saw that prediction on the list. And I, I don't think anyone in the audience was was gasping in, in shock when you just made your prediction a second ago, Richard, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But um, I don't know, Seth may be right, they, they seem to be hanging on. Uh, they seem to have that staying power just, just kind of holding on with that with that death grip. So <laughs> it'll be inter- interesting to see
1: oh man uh how about you adam well speaking of w companies that won't make it through 2021 uh, <laughs> my prediction might be a little bit more uh bold but i'm gonna say wise doesn't make it through 2021 whoa Ooh. wow so i said i had i said i had thoughts earlier uh i don't really get their model and You know, they seem to be doing really well in the camera space and people seem to like it, but sort of to what Seth alluded to earlier, um, I feel like a lot of, they're given a lot of slack because of what their products cost. And so like the expectations are already low because whatever it was 20 bucks, it was 30 bucks. And then like when they don't deliver on certain things, um, you know, people are like, eh, whatever, it was cheap. But the fact that they keep going into more and more categories just feels like an unsustainable model. And given what I know running smart home products and a smart home business in this space, I don't understand how they can ship product the way they do at the cost they do through the channels they sell in
0: I know the, it, the answer is very simple they have 45 million dollars in investor funds so the the question is how do they exit I, I don't <laughs> I don't see how they exit profitably
1: yeah well I the the one thing I will bring up I was on a session that a uh, friend of the shows uh, Stacy Higginbotham hosted where she was in her interviewing the founder, somebody high up at the company. And uh, I thought she went maybe a little far, but she referred to it as a, a hardware Ponzi scheme, which I thought was pretty harsh.
0: It's <laughs> a very sexy <laughs> thing to say.
3: <laughs>
2: yes. Wow.
1: And,
0: and and only she could really get away with that in her soft, inquisitive voice. Yes. The look on the guy's
1: <laughs>
2: face when she said that was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, a hardware Ponzi scheme. That that it's like I said, I I I picked it as my favorite story, but certainly not because I have any affinity for their strategy. I agree with the points that Richard made, uh that you know, the race to zero uh is a damaging prospect and could have uh you know long long lasting effects. And so Um, it does feel totally unsustainable to me. I don't, 2021 feels like they're going to weather that they, as Richard alluded to beat me to the punch there. Like they seem very well funded. So I, I don't know if there's, um, if, if there's a play here to, to eventually like try to just get acquired or who knows, maybe even like an IPO. Like, I, I just, I don't know what else they could do. They, they clearly don't seem to be interested in running a business that's profitable so there's got to be some other play, um, and we all know that that things with tech companies like this are are crazy. You know, if you have enough money, they'll they'll kick the can on profitability and and uh, try try to go after the acquisition strategy or, or whatever it is. But um, it doesn't feel sustainable. It's it's a head scratcher. Um, but they certainly get a lot of us talking, right? And that perpetuates uh, perpetuates their success to a certain degree. I've got their cameras at home. I picked them up because I needed a few cameras for um, Operation Mouse Hunt. Seth will remember that one. <laughs> um, but, uh, beyond that, I don't really use them. I don't really use their products all that much. And it, it is just a fascinating one to watch. And it seems very unfocused, you know, for a
3: technology company, like, they're all over the place. Uh, you know, there's a smart scale, there's a robot vacuum, there's a camera, there's a, a, a sprinkler system, wearables, and I know, mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah, wear, wearables and a smart watch or whatever. And it's like, I know they're just like OEMing or whatever it is from Xiaomi, the ODM, like, big ODM, yeah. So like, but they're still like, Adam, you don't wear them either. They're still like a, a decent amount of cost. They go into like bringing that product in, marketing it, rewriting the software so it's like looks nice and works works well in English, like it's not it's not trivial what they're doing.
1: No, it, it but it literally feels like they're you know so ODM is an original design manufacturer or whatever. It's a partner in you know Asia or whatever that d- designs the products for you, and then you know you put your name on them and. You know, I don't know to what extent they do the firmware, software, cloud, hardware, or whatever, yeah. but it almost feels like whatever their ODM partner gives them, they slap their name on it and put it in the market this like how about mm-hmm. headphones sure let's do it
0: <laughs> yeah they have headphones <laughs> they <do. laughs> little, that little one that one was just right out of the blue like at least they had a story to go with their lock and how they researched this and they wanted to come out with something different even though it was different technology you kind of understood where they were going headphones seriously headphones <laughs> what's next backpacks i mean i just don't get it I told Jason we're going
3: to
1: hold out for the wise car. That's like $500. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Self-driving. I think to me though, what, what Seth said about, you know, 65% of the market doesn't have any smart home products. Um, You know, do we want their first experience with smart home to be with a wise product? You know, for our stuff, I take that very seriously and if somebody's first product is a ConnectSense product, I want them to have a great experience where they then say, I want more smart home stuff in my home. You don't want somebody to have a, a poor experience, regardless of what it costs, and say, I'm not, I'm not doing this smart home thing. And, you know, I'll wait till it's more mature. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's a responsibility yeah. to the whole industry that they're just being rather cavalier with. I'd agree.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: Agreed. All right. Uh, next prediction. Jason, what do you have for us?
2: Yeah. I'm um, going to go back to the COVID thing. Uh, I, I think that w- when I look at the landscape and just try to think, re- really try to think about this one, it's like, what what is going to really define the next year in, in home technology? And to me, it's really the effects of COVID re- continuing to shape usage patterns in the home. Even if hopefully fingers crossed, you know, we get to a better place with a vaccine and better therapies. I think these, these, it's been long enough. It's been a profound enough change that it's going to have lasting implications in the home even after we're through this and so specific things like far more people working from home so needing better networks better video conferencing setups you know all those sorts of things i think will continue to be a very prominent trend um homeschooling i know is something that we're struggling with i i don't know how many um Kids are going to be going back uh, right away, but just having better technology and solutions in in the home for that. Certainly media consumption, which we've talked about quite a bit, so I, I won't belabor that one. And then one other one that we're seeing more momentum and more conversations around, at least in the professional space, is the wellness, the home health and wellness market. That's been one that's been talked about for several years. Like Seth said earlier in the show, COVID has been an accelerant for many trends in the home, and certainly we're seeing more momentum and more more interest in things like uh, just intelligent systems to make sure that you know the lighting is good in the home and air quality is good, and and these sorts of things. I, I do think will become incrementally more in the mainstream in the main consciousness of of people shopping for home technology. So to put a bow on that again, I think it, it's really the lasting effects of COVID, even if hopefully we're able to get to a better place this year. I suspect a lot of those trends will continue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things I thought was really interesting, and I don't know if what they're offering is any good or not, but seeing Crestron come to the table with solutions for people working at home now and, and mm-hmm. coming up with... Um, solutions specifically to address that. And the only reason a company like Crestron would get into something like that is if they believe that this is not a flash in the pan situation, that this is a turning point in how people work.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we had John Clancy on our show, um, who's the VP of residential there recently, and he talked a lot Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, really enjoyed having him on the show. And he talked a lot about that. And I think, I think it's true. And certainly what Crestron is doing is targeted at a, at a pretty high end user. And anyone out there who was so inclined could put, set up sort of similar uh, situations at, at their own home. But for the types of clients that Crestron sells into those homes, they want a turnkey solution. And I think it's really smart for Crestron to, to come, come into that market Sort of full steam ahead, and, and I agree with you. I, I don't think they'd be doing it if they didn't see a big opportunity there. Yeah,
3: for them it was mostly a. a um, so, so we're going to like use this opportunity to transition into, into my prediction too, because it's kind of like playing off what Jason was talking about. We we both kind of had separately in our own thoughts uh, come to the same conclusion um, uh, of of the effects of of COVID continuing to drive what trends are, are pushed out in the market. And, uh, you know, work from home is a big one for me. I, I look across our, uh, our nice Slack chat we have here, Slack. I mean, who, who at the beginning of the year was even talking about Slack? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> uh, crazy. Everybody knows Slack. It's like, it's like Kleenex and Google now, right? Um, so, so, like, you know, I'm looking across the, the, the video, and I, I, know, I know at least three people, on this call have have always worked from home i'm not sure adam you have an office i think you go to no no
1: yeah well i used to you used to okay so I, like, I do i do go there from time to time i was there today but yeah, uh, yeah i primarily work from home now
3: yeah so like it, it's it this is the thing like it was a trend that was already happening and uh so now now we, we went from 75 to 100 over the over the past year on our on our own by our own metrics but um like it, it's working from home, I think is, and I've been preaching this to anybody who, and everybody who will listen (laughs) since, since like April, Uh, you know, CEO, C-level executives are going to want to to have the best audio video experience when they're uh, working from home. They're, they're not going to, um, they're not going to want to have their Wi-Fi jumble up their signal or whatever, like they want these professionally installed and and, and professionally managed you know solutions that that do not fail like <laughs> they don't want to look bad uh to the rest of their board so like i I've, I've been I've been leaning heavy heavily on that to anybody who would listen in 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 my crowd inside the professional side um and and that that's going to trickle down like uh, you know Richard you mentioned crestron had um had released some some a couple of pieces of product, and when when they did, I was like, oh, they're pretty quick on on getting to this. But the reason they are is because they already have all that for their commercial side, and all they had to do was like right. take three products, slap them together, and put some marketing around it. And like,
0: brilliant idea, brilliant idea. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, and you're right on the audience. It's for the Swiss, the C-suite yes. execs that are now at yep. home. They have the money for it, and they they are. T- typically not as technically savvy so something that just makes it all work for them and helps them look good yeah bingo yeah
3: and 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 did you think about like what the home office was at the end of 2019 and then what it could be at the end of 2021 like i think the home office could could go through some kind of technological you know Um, improvements to where, you know, we're talking about, you know, Adam, you're talking about decking out a home theater, but I think we may also be talking about decking out home offices with lighting and video rigs and that kind of thing as we close out 2021. Um, So I'm going to kind of lean into that, like home office, working from home, uh, the pandemic and everything accelerating that. I know we all want to, like, definitely all want to get back to work and and seeing people someday, but I, I think more people are probably more excited about going back to a bar or restaurants than they are about going back into the office and hanging around the wa- water cooler. But, um, you know, working, working from home, uh, that trend, uh, I, I see that kind of just continuing, uh, through the next, through the next year. So, um, that's where I'm going to put the wood behind the arrow and, and shoot it that direction.
1: I already decked out my home office. So, you know, I know our listeners can't see it, but we're actually recording on Zoom, so you're seeing some of the results of it. I got lighting, I got microphone. Your video looks great. (laughs) Yeah, I use all this for all my meetings, so yeah. yeah. I had this podcast microphone laying around, and you know, pretty quick into the pandemic, I was like, "Well, I'm on all these calls. I might as well sound good." Yep. You know. So yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. I think um, you know, I'm more technically inclined, so I threw it all to together but like i've got a stream deck that i'm using for zoom calls i've got you know basically like a streaming a gaming streamer setup that i use for zoom and business that's because i'm technically minded i jumped to that and did that setup but um i think you'll see more products and more things tuned towards that type of a user um where they're kind of taking care of those things for them um and making it a lot more user-friendly. More turnkey. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. All right. Well, those were all of our predictions, and uh, that kind of wraps up our Fireside Chat for the year. I think uh, great discussion, everyone. And uh, before we leave, uh, why don't we go around and everybody mention uh where we can find you we'll start with you seth
3: well you can find me at the home tech fm podcast uh each week i sit down with jason and we talk about all the news that, that comes up each week if there is any news and uh, a couple of picks of the week some funny things that we find around from the, the different corners of the internet uh usually relating to home technology some other stuff too but um
1: yeah jason how about you
2: yeah, I'll just echo what Seth said. Uh, Hometech.fm, all major podcast directories. You can you can find us uh, on Twitter at Hometech Podcast as well. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing the show. So if anyone's tuned in and hasn't checked it out, we'd love to have you come on by uh, and give it a listen. And Adam and Richard, this was a lot of fun. Uh, really uh, glad, we, glad we were able to get together and do this. Always enjoy it. How about you, Richard? Yeah, so...
0: You can find what I'm writing, when I'm writing, over at the Digital Media Zone, thedigitalmediazone.com. And, of course, our shows, I will, again, promote my show, Home On, over at the DMZ. And if you want to hear some of the things going on inside my head, you'll usually find them up on Twitter at Richard Gunther.
2: Richard, don't you have, like, alter egos on Twitter? Don't you have, like, multiple...
0: Oh, I have I have many <laughs> accounts on Twitter. All you have to follow is Richard Gunther. Richard Gunther. That's echoes, your one. That's your one-stop shop. E- echoes what everyone else in my head is thinking.
3: The schizophrenic
1: Twitter is what you that's run
0: into.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Adam? Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well at Adam Justice. Everything my company's up to at ConnectSense.com. and of course you can listen to Richard and my show at smarthome.fm and find that wherever you find podcasts. So,
0: before we get out of here, I want to give uh, a nod again to Mike Wolf who kind of set all this up and and connected all of us and so you can find more about what he's up to at the spoon that is spoon.tech at uh, thespoon.tech and that is a food tech and smart kitchen technology site. So, and they've been really following how businesses have been changing through COVID as one of their kind of key themes all year
2: long. Yeah, great stuff. I'm glad you mentioned that and uh, bummed we, w- we weren't able to have Mike join us uh, this year, but uh, he's doing great work in that smart kitchen space. Uh, a lot of fun to, to watch that develop. So would recommend people go check that out as well and once again adam and richard and seth i'm really glad we were able to get together i hope all three of you guys have a great uh, great holiday yeah yeah happy
1: holidays thanks, and uh hope everybody has a great new year i think now i'm gonna go and build an actual fire
3: in an actual dumpster
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> welcome to 2020 thanks everybody have a great holiday